Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So yeah, before we get started today, I just kind of wanted to give a little trigger warning for some of the content. We will be discussing the film Black Swan, and there are some themes of suicide, self-harm, and eating disorders that we're going to discuss. So if that is something that is triggering um, or might be upsetting to you, please feel free to skip this episode and catch us next time. Thanks. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Analyze Scripts. I'm Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Portia Pendleton, a licensed social worker. We are just going to dive right in. Today we're talking about the 2010 psychological thriller Black Swan. There's so much to talk about, so we we just got to dive right in, Portia. Oh, so I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. I think I saw it a couple of times. Yay, like dance movie. I think I went with Um, some of my dance friends. Yeah, it was supposed to be, you know, I I actually don't think I knew that it was like a psychological thriller. Did you think it was going to be like center stage? Yes. (laughs) So different. I I was expecting it to just be, you know, kind of like toxic ballet Mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. and like, you know, some some relationships. Yeah. Um, So I took, I went with my, um, you know, at, at the time boyfriend and now current partner and i think he was 
traumatized from it. Very, he was very confused. Um, and I left that movie feeling like gross. Oh yeah. Oh, I I can remember it. I I remember I, you told I, me I when I maybe when it, I recommended this, you were like shuddered, yeah. and you were like. Well, I'll have to watch it during the daylight yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. And maybe, you know, we will talk about this a little bit, like, if it's because it, like, hit on stuff for yeah. me. But, um, oh, my gosh, there were just so many moments that I feel like physically make my skin crawl and yes. make me feel so uncomfortable and, um, like, shudder almost. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, a lot of the – I mean, it's a beautiful movie, period. I think it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I think Natalie Portman won an Oscar for Best Actress, rightfully so. But even, like, the physical stuff, like her scratches and skin peeling oh, and all of those things. Yes. Exactly. And I think it's meant to make and you feel that way. It, you know? Yes. Like, I feel like I'm very – um like visually impacted, I guess, you know, as in previous <laughs> like, episodes, I talk about vomit. vomit a lot, like seeing you know, actual vomit, like makes me queasy. But, um, you know, like I work with all people who self-harm and like, you know, I've, we've all seen, I'm sure, mm-hmm. especially you and your training, like scars and like that, or, you yeah. know, even fresh, um, cut wounds, wounds and things like that. Like that is just not, um, bothersome to me at this point, but seeing someone peel their skin back, like that, literally makes me shudder. Yeah, which I, I think feel like it's meant it to, but I think it, it's totally meant to there. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's like, yeah, trying to, when she's washing her hands in that scene, I think we all know what, what we're referring to there. Um, but so to give a recap of the plot, um, if you haven't watched it in a while, so this movie focuses on Nina, who is like prima ballerina, I think in like New York City ballet, yep. it seems like they're implying. Um, and she really wants to be um, the, the lead mm-hmm. dancer, uh, the principal dancer in uh, her company's production. Um, she sort of goes back and forth with another character, Lily, who's played by Mila Kunis. Have a lot to say about her. And then her mother, Nina's mother, is played by Barbara Hershey. That dynamic in their home is, like, fascinating. I'm sure we'll get into it. And then there's, like, this gross uh director Tomas. Tomas. Mm-hmm. Um oh we'll talk more about him too. And then I totally forgot about her, but Winona Ryder makes yes, an appearance Beth. as Beth, like the retiring um Not, maybe on you know being forced to um prima ballerina. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I believe this movie really amazingly predicts Nina's first psychotic break. Is that how you interpreted mm, it too? Yes. Or did you see other things? No, I mean, I think I don't know what else I would call that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think throughout the movie, like we see the um, really like the the final push mm-hmm. right in into that Psychosis, break. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm have a mon- many questions, as I'm sure many people do. It's like, how did you get here and why? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think the movie just starts off right away. We see this kind of relationship with mom. Mm. Um, it almost feels a little bit like mommy dearest. Yes, I was going to say the same thing, 100%. It feels real icky. Mm-hmm. Like even Nina, she looks like she's meant to be like in her 20s, I would guess, right? Like she alludes a couple of times to Beth being like 27 or 28. So she's like too old now to dance. So I think she's in like her early 20s, maybe mid-20s, like maybe she's getting there. But she's, like, 
so infantilized. Yeah, very childlike. Like her room still has like pink flowers everywhere. Her mom like tucks her in, brushes her hair. What did you think about when the mom fed her breakfast of a big old grapefruit mm, and the I, egg white? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, you know, pretty spot on. Yeah. I think for like, um, I'd say, right, like toxic um ballet culture Mm -hmm. to kind of remain very very um small in your Mm -hmm. body which is i think kind of a crazy feat because the amount of work that it takes to be a ballerina ballerina, i mean it's you are so strong even though you look so small like crazy yeah i mean your your entire body physique is is just muscle right um, and, and then, strength right but it, i thought it would like depicted it so perfectly mm-hmm. um that they're so thin they're, they're like scary thin like yeah. i felt uncomfortable watching them i remembered back then they had talked about you know uh, natalie portman and mila kunis had talked about how much weight they had to lose and they, they are already petite period like just by themselves um, but they both, and I looked it up after I rewatched the movie, um, lost like at least 20 pounds following these crazy restrictive diets. And on the one hand, I'm like, that's really accurate for the roles they're playing. On the other hand, I feel really gross about that, just like in our society. Mm-hmm. And it makes me worry for them that they were able to sustain that, to play these roles and train. Right. Uh, Mila Kunis said that she survived on carrots and cigarettes, which is shocking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, they both looked so gaunt and there's that physical therapy scene where someone's working on Nina and you just see her ribs and it's just like, oh, it makes, again, talk about feeling like visually uncomfortable. Right. I mean, it's like, you're all kind of bones. Mm -hmm. And so even, you know, kind of from stepping away from the story a little bit, like, um, when she gets dropped on her knee, um, like her ankle kind of, you know, snapping at one point, like I was so worried about her bone density. I just, even from being, um, a dance, I guess, specific ballet, like, I feel like I have a lot of physical, um, how do I say this? Like physical trauma, right? Like from the act of dancing. So like a fall, you know, um, bleeding toes or like, I, you know, I, have knee problems right um and so i think a movie like this for me again like really hits me in like a physical sensation yes, like when she's like on you her know knee, what that feels like oh my gosh like my i definitely my body tightened up i yeah exactly how that feels that her getting the um physical therapy like yes. you were just saying like like painful her ankle yeah it, like, i mean it's just uh, just it's brutal the amount of training and yes. and pain yes that people at this level, I do believe and will say exists. Like hundred you know. percent. And I did appreciate in this movie that they really did show that, especially like the dancer's feet. Because of course, when you're on point, like your feet are disgusting. You have all these blisters, your toenails break, like mm-hmm. there's such physical trauma to your body and your feet. And they really displayed that yeah. in this movie. And I also was so curious, like all of the ballerinas' outfits, like their leotards, the shrugs they were wearing, like all this stuff is just so accurate. And I also feel like, you know, now looking at it as a physician, I'm so worried about all their labs. Mm-hmm. Like they probably all have labs suggestive of anorexia. They're probably all freezing all the time. They probably all have amenorrhea. So yep. they are not, not getting, getting their, their period. period they probably, every time she fell, I was so worried she was going to break something mm-hmm. because I don't think, I bet she has osteoporosis. Um, because she's not fueling herself. Like how gleeful she was at how pink that grapefruit was, so perfect. Yeah. Like such a good scene. But like 
she clearly has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And then when her mom gets her the cake, what did you think about that scene and the mom's reaction? Oh, I mean, so <laughs> I thought it was interesting because I feel like the mom on the one hand really wants her right to be this like prima ballerina. And I feel like, but, you know. What the mom she, could never be, it sounds like, yeah. because she got pregnant right. with her. And so she serves her typically because, again, she's treated like a child, typically like pretty low calorically dense food. And then it's like you get her this, this cake for a cake. party size. You're cutting her this big piece. Nina to has celebrate, this reaction. Right, to celebrate that she was chosen to be right. the swan queen. Yeah. So Nina is like, Ooh, you know, oh, I want a little smaller. And mom immediately is like so hurt. Yeah. Um, and m- m- puts it right back on Nina. I'm going to throw it away. Makes Nina feel bad. Um, Nina then apologizes and then, you know, eats it anyway. Um, I'm sure um, she probably threw it up I'm later. Sure. Um, but it, it was like a very strange moment besides mom's like mental health issues but just mm-hmm. like the you want your daughter to be this person and and this so this let me back up a little bit i felt like through the movie the mom comes across like as mommy dearest like mm-hmm. kind of like abusive weird like manipulative narcissistic and we did see that dynamic remember in center stage with that ballerina mm. and her that's, mom that's interesting to do you remember that yeah. like i forget that ballerina's name but like that mom was also really involved and like calling around and yeah also involved it's really similar and i wonder if that's like again part of the ballet mm-hmm. culture if that happens yeah yeah, I mean, so mom, like, in some ways is trying to protect Nina. And it's almost like at the end, she doesn't, she sees Nina, like, literally falling losing, apart and yeah. losing her mind and, like, doesn't want her to go through the, the role. Obviously, then Nina feels like, you know, then she ends up going um, to perform. You know, that is later in the movie. But I thought that that was different. For, at first, mom comes across as just really, really inappropriate, Um yeah, just again, the paintings of Nina all over, so creepy. like obsessed with her. Well, so there's some things in the movie that will, I'm sure, we'll get into more that I really wondered about Nina's perception of it, and I wondered, are those paintings of her, or are those examples mm-hmm. of her hallucinating? Yes. Um, but certainly, the mom, it's just weird. It's just weird. They're very enmeshed. You know, mom like strips off her clothes and brings her to clip her nails because she sees her scratching. Um, it's just icky. It, it gives me the icks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really dysfunctional relationship. Mom, like, emerges from the dark of the apartment at times. And yeah. It's always, like, it's startling. <sighs> it's scary. It feels like the mom is <sighs> coming in to be mean. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head with what I was trying to allude to is, like, it's hard to know if mom is really as bad as she is mm-hmm. or if it's Nina's perception paranoia, right? Like yeah. all kind of coming out throughout the movie. And I think it, initially it seems like really clear mom has all these issues. She's not a good mom. She's like, you know, making Nina to be this way, in my opinion. Then by the end of the movie, I'm really questioning, mm-hmm. you know, was she really that bad? Like was Nina – Did she? was she even really in the room? Was she really mm-hmm. even coming in? I mean mm-hmm. – right. Like when she finally got that stick of some kind to like keep her door shut. When she was masturbating and turns over and mom's right there. Like those kinds of scenes are just like, oh, oh, like no boundaries. Like, oh. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting depiction of a toxic mother-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. But again, I think like for Nina's story and thinking about her first break, so we know that first psychotic breaks most often occur in that time frame for women, um, like between your 20s and 30s. For men, it's a little younger. It might be like late teens into your 20s. Um, 
And again, so you're like, okay, so let's let's rewind. And how did she get here? Like you were saying, so she has this relationship with her mom where she feels like she's supposed to be this prima ballerina her mother never could be. And she even said that thing to her about like, um, you know, at one point Nina's like, what career yeah. to her mother? And her mom's like, well, I would have had one if it weren't mm-hmm. for you kind of thing. That's really toxic. But just thinking about like the stress of that relationship, there's no dad in the picture or even alluded to. So we don't even know like what kind right. of stress was there? Like, what kind of stress was Nina under as a child growing up with this huge expectation on her? Who even knows if she wants it? But, um, I mean, so that's like A. And then B, we see that she seems to have a very neurotic personality. Um, and I'd love for you to speak more to that, especially in your line of work. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, right, like one, it's not a causation, but it's often a correlation, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you know, neurotic a little bit type a i'd say or a lot type a um like obsessive compulsive you see and and i think again like there's there are a lot of rituals that kind of come come out in um just like i think the the job right it's like you know tying your point shoes a certain way it's like you do all these things that are very um, ritualized and rich and rigid and i think it's like a perfect um opening for I, i think there's a lot of ballerinas in my opinion who probably do have ocd probably are perfectionistic 100 percent, and i think all of these um traits and and symptoms really kind of do fit hand in hand with eating disorders both Mm -hmm. bulimia and anorexia i think you see quite frequently in dance Mm -hmm. um Mm self-harm um i think it's just for whatever reason it's like it breeds um just this type of person. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken well, or yeah. the egg. Right. I mm. mean, I think if you think about ballet, um, like to take ballet classes, how how many classes Nina has taken over the course of her life, probably from the age of like three. Yep. Ballet classes aren't the most exciting thing to do. Very repetitive. Very repetitive. Boring. You know, it's always classical music. Again, it's beautiful, but... It takes a certain kind of personality to tolerate I think, it, to tolerate mm-hmm. that, and to do it to such a degree. Right. Like these people are taking like seven classes a week. Right. You know, this isn't like just once a week. Like you're doing it, and you've done it for years at that level, exactly. Mm-hmm. And to be on point, point hurts so bad. I remember I was so excited to finally get on point, and I was not the best ballerina, so it was like late high school. And as soon as I did, I was like, I hate this. <laughs> like it hurts so bad, but to keep Doing it yeah. despite the pain, again, sounds like such a parallel with like anorexia, like being able mm-hmm. to keep depriving yourself despite that physical right. pain. Um, and ultimately, it's sometimes getting a little bit of like pleasure from it. I feel like there's two ends of the spectrum. It's either like you're kind of numbing everything or you can kind of develop specific to anorexia, like a level of euphoria yeah. around starvation. Oh. And that's, I think um, research says that, be, so also just fun fact, anorexia really is the rarest eating mm-hmm. disorder by far. Um, and it's, it's the most fatal mental most illness. depicted though. So I think when we think of eating disorders, we think of anorexia, but that's not true. Um, we, you know, anorexia is is more rare. And like you said, like it is, it has the most fatalities. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's really a certain type of profile that mm-hmm. can maintain anorexia. Typically, mm-hmm. people might start restricting and then kind of You're, lean into bulimia because mm-hmm. you cannot do it for that long. Right, your biological drive to right. eat, like, kicks in right. for most people. Right. If you can really push past that, like, whoa. Right. It's not 
um, I, I don't want to say normal, but it's really not part of like a general experience to be able to do that. That's why right. we get all these signals. We get um, hangry. We get right. irritable. It's like our body's way of like um, you, get you know, cueing us to eat. Right. And most people don't feel good doing that. So it's like there's there's this like flare. Um, I think it's a lot of genetic research. It's like what makes some people be able to develop and maintain this disorder that. for sometimes really sadly like decades. Right. Um, and why, you know, can't others do it? And it right. seems like there is some sort of a gene marker that makes um, like extreme hunger desirable almost. Yeah, that's it's, fascinating. And it's, it is really opposite of right our human nature. Our human right. nature kicks in and we need to survive so food and water and shelter is all a part of that so mm-hmm. it's like when your body is screaming at you that eating is dangerous it's mm. like that is so interesting Backwards. right that you are able to kind of like cross I'd love to like over scan that in your their brain, brain. Yeah. yeah and see like the neural networks are right. just like flip-flopped yep you know like i wonder if there is some sort of like if there's so little like dopamine which is like the ple- one of the pleasure neurotransmitters like what's their dopamine like mm-hmm. is it like does it bump up the longer they right. go without eat yeah it just sounds so fascinating right. like everything is controlled and you even see with Nina um like that night that she kind of goes out on the town with Lily that like that's not something that she liter has ever done no. you know she she does this routine she practices her life is very controlled her life is all ballet and her mom right. that's it. right and i think that is a similar profile again with someone who has really classic anorexia is like everything is controlled there's Such no small you're not world. even going out to like a concert and having fun like you can't. it's you can't stressful go to, to go you can't. Yeah. right it's like your world is so small yeah. and just totally consumed by this And then I think like with such severe malnutrition, your brain just isn't functioning. You're more anxious. You're more depressed. And I always, you know, kind of say to patients like you don't have depression first. Like you're not, you know, you probably never would have self-harmed. You never would have wanted to kill yourself. Um, I think it's about even with death rates of anorexia um, by medical complications heart complications and suicide yeah and i think you know it's like most of these people without anorexia would not have these other disorders that arise right, right because your brain is kind of solo functioning right 100 percent. i i feel like i it's interesting i think our different perspectives here portia because you do this all the time that's why i'm like fascinated to talk to you about this movie but i see it come up when people are like i think i have add and they come to me and they're like 90 pounds and we have a totally different discussion, mm-hmm. like you're talking yeah. about. And I'm like, hmm, yep. no. And also, again, it's like, no, you're, you can't focus because you have no energy source right. in your brain. And I would never start a stimulant on you because right. your heart is already compromised. Mm-hmm. You're already so thin. Um, it's just really fascinating. And I, I did think this movie did such a good job and Natalie Portman did such a good job just portraying that obsessive – pattern yeah you know that that you see in 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 this character and probably in a lot of ballerinas Mm -hmm. maybe and i think it's also the culture like the ballerina body type is so unattainable for like 99.9 percent of the world i would imagine and the technique you need the turnout you need all of it is so hard Mm -hmm. And so you have to practice so much to get there. It's just this like unattainable standard and goal that just feeds into breeding this perfectionism, right. this obsessiveness, the rituals, the diets, 
the everything to like get to this unattainable mm-hmm. point. And I think we see Nina have a psychotic break under that level of stress. Yeah. Um, and I think too, what I think is really hard is like while you are performing oftentimes, you know, in in a core, so in the corpse, um, which means mm-hmm. like with the group of people, you're not the prima um, ballerina right. who's in the lead roles. You're all the other swans. Right. And it's like that still at a level like the New York City Ballet, American Ballet Theater is like the highest Insane. of the high, but it's still it, – it's so uniquely like an individual sport still, right? right. Like you're not like on you're, a soccer team where it's like, you know, you're passing back and forth and like – you know, the team right. is celebrating like it's 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 weirdly very individual, it's even though you're so competitive together. It's wildly competitive. Right. And I think, again, like I feel like a failure. It just breeds this type of person who who right. chooses to go into it, who sticks with it. Right. To this level. Right. And again, you're so right. Like that's such a blow to their self-esteem. You see Nina like come home and just like fall apart with her mom when she thinks she's not going to yep. be picked. And she's tried so hard. And She's still not good enough. It just feeds this like like almost I want to say narcissistic, but in the like I'm never going to be good enough way that but you stay in it and you're just mm-hmm. like it's like you're flagellating yeah. yourself like over and over. Yeah. You're just in this culture where you never feel good enough. Oh my gosh. And then she does get the role, but after the director has assaulted her. Right. So you know, we see Tomas. He seems like he's the you know artistic director of the company. Um, it seems like he has had a history of a relationship with Beth, um, and who is again all the prima ballerinas. Right. It seems her. like this is probably a a kind of toxic, abu- abusive, um, sexual assaulty um, environment. Interesting to watch it now, post Harvey Weinstein in the Me Too movement, compared to back in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so he is kind of, I think, like. Trying to see to test her. That's my uh, impression of yeah. first, right? Mm-hmm. He's like asking her all these questions. He invites her back, is asking her if she's a virgin, is I asking know. her if she, she has, has a boyfriends. boyfriend. Um, and and again, it's like there, there I think could that's be a after, conversation. I think that was after she got the role. Yeah, but even before then, they were maybe dancing, and he was trying to seduce yep. her. Remember, and then he he kisses her. She bites him, mm-hmm. which I, you know, she thinks is now it's done. She lost the role. She's not going to get it. But for whatever reason, the bite, you know, really got he was him like, going. Oh, you can and be she the is black the black swan. swan. Exactly. Yeah. And then she thinks she still thinks she doesn't get it. She thinks um, Lily. Um, no, no, no. She thinks the, another the, person, a random girl, some yeah. random girl, got it because she says, "Oh, congratulations!" I and thought she's that girl was away. maybe Michelle Trachtenberg, but maybe not. No, I don't no, think so. Not Harry. But it looks, okay. looks right, like, yeah, her. yeah, yeah. No, that's a good call. And then she ends up getting it. Um, goes to the bathroom, calls her mom. Um, you see her at times, like I don't think that time she went in to throw up. No, but other times yeah. when she's feeling a big emotion, yeah. you see her go to the bathroom. I thought that was really smart. Yep depiction of bulimia so it would be anorexia and yeah so what anorexia so how would you type okay um because i'm assuming that she is not binging so you have to Mm. binge in order to have bulimia which is actually like a lot of people don't know that Mm. um a lot of people only associate the purge with bulimia that's so many people with anorexia do purge Mm -hmm. for example they might have something that they believe to be a larger meal um it's that would be i would say a subjective binge like Someone two might come whole in. eggs rather than an right, egg white. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to throw that up versus somebody who um, is really truly engaging in a binge behavior, which is about um, consuming like 3,500 calories um, in, in 
kind of around 90 minutes in secret. You almost are dissociative. Um, You're eating a lot of the same food. So it's Mm. not like you are going up for your third helping at Thanksgiving and you're feeling really uncomfortable. You you have overeaten. Um, It's also not like you're sort of mindlessly grazing at dinner time while you're prepping dinner. So 3,500 calories in 90 minutes, that's a helpful. Right. So it's really rapid. Um, you you might be eating like too. loaves of bread, right? Yeah. So you're not going up and 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 taking multiple balanced items on something. your plate, bringing them back. It would be like consuming an entire party size cake, right? And then having a bag of donuts, or right. and then having a bag of plain untoasted bagels. It's like it's not. We're going through the drive through like seven times, yeah. multiple drive throughs. So I think a lot of people kind of say that they binge. I think a lot of and maybe are serious. You know, some people I do think we throw that word all around a lot. Yeah, but um, bulimia re- really re- does require a binge. Um, you know, I've always again I don't have as much experience with eating disorder, so this is really educational for me. I've always wondered like, how do you quantify a binge? Yeah, and. and <laughs> So I think that's more of like a research criteria, which I think okay. is helpful. That's helpful. Um, no, it's super helpful for me to know. Yeah. And then so I'd ask someone like, did you have an objective binge, which I would – I just described. I like that. Or did you have like a subjective binge? Yes. Um, same thing just with, with binge eating disorder. So people are then not using a compensatory behavior. So they're not mm-hmm. um, self-induced vomiting. They're not taking a laxative. They're not then restricting. And they're not over-exercising. Um, correct. They're not over-exercising. But I think – a lot of people who do um, show up with binge eating disorder often do restrict. Mm-hmm. So they'll yes. maybe restrict during the day at work, um, intentionally or unintentionally, and then they go home and then they might consume like a large quantity of food. There is a little bit of difference between night eating syndrome and binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think we think of restriction only in anorexia. And like, that's it. Right. right. Like, I think, like you've told me before, that's super rare right. to have that form of anorexia where all you do is restrict. Right. Most people have purged who have anorexia at and again, some point. And again, purging being the self-induced vomiting, which we see depicted yep. in this movie, but also laxative use, mm-hmm. over-exercising. There's a lot of different ways right. of purging. So like your patient. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Patients you have who meet criteria for the restrictive type but then run a lot. Yep, would you say that's the purging? Kind yep, of so area? that yep, because oftentimes if they are able to or if they are unable to exercise to a certain degree, they might then restrict more of their food mm-hmm. intake because they're not mm-hmm. able to compensate for it or have a lot more anxiety. Yeah. Um and this is food. where oh my god, I just so worry about their hearts. And we've yeah. talked about this a lot just, you know, not yeah. in the podcast, you know, but 
And I mean, again, these like are these, people who have heart rates in the 30s. Right. Like, and they're like running the high half 20s. marathons. Yeah. And you're just like, how are you doing this? And again, these ballerinas, like this is what they're living right. in too. And it just makes me so nervous. Right. Like if I strapped an EKG on them, mm-hmm. I would have a heart attack myself. Because restriction, you know, does impact your muscles, yes, right? And your, your heart is a muscle. So I think, you it know, weighs. as someone's just wanting to lose as – as so many diets say mm. that will work, that we're just, you know, kind of taking the fat away. Restriction doesn't work that way. Your body doesn't, you know, no. know that you just want to target this, this you know, quote-unquote problem handles. area right on your left hip. It's yeah. like, no, restriction takes from everywhere. It takes from, you know, the gray matter from your brain. Yes. Um, we need 100%. fats for our brain to work yes. well. So seeing Nina's diet, uh, you know, is really concerning. And again, she has a really high output of um, exercise. Right? So like, she should be fueling you know, throughout the day, protein shakes. She and, should be eating like Michael Phelps. Yes. You know, yep. like right. it's just wild. But then when we think about ballet culture, right? It's, so mm-hmm. I noticed um, that like the costume design piece. So in most ballet um, shows, like you tend to do them more than once. So the mm-hmm. Nutcracker, Swan Lake. You have to fit in that costume, Giselle. Right? So they keep these costumes, yep. especially the core. Yep. Um, and, you know, they might refresh the prima ballerina's costume. But, like, they try to use them over and over again. So, and if mm-hmm. you are fit bigger mm-hmm. than the last dancer was who was in your costume that you are getting, that is so upsetting and shameful. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody is not directly shaming you, it's like, it's oh, we have is. to add this piece of fabric on yeah. or, oh, or we have to make a new one. Or you're not in. You're not right. in the show. Right. 100%. I agree. I thought that was like, yeah. Like there is pride in a really sick way yes. that when you are smaller and they need to take it in. Like and there's saw. shame and guilt when you are too big and it won't class. 100%. Yeah. And also just, you know, the lifts, like the male ballerinas oh, yeah. lifting the yeah. girls, like the lighter you are. I mean, the prima ballerina, I think until like Misty Copeland always had the same very small body type. Yeah. And Missy Copeland and was still, white. And yes, so Missy Copeland right. came, kind of came in and was, is, if you don't know about her, she's this really amazing black ballerina. Beautiful. Um, and Beautiful she dancer. is, though, I will she's say, still thin, in a but very small body, but she's muscular. Muscular, right. She's, uh, I would say, like more toned. It seems like she has more muscle mass. Yeah. But still, still in a thin. very, very small body. Right. Um, and, you know, I th- think that there is still way more room to grow in many Literally. areas um, <laughs> of diversity in, you know, in all in all ways in the ballet right. field. But so that leads me to thinking of Lily. I so a, who was played by Mila Kunis. Yeah. Tell me what you think about Lily, then I'll tell you what I think. So kind of on the surface level, I think Lily is right supposed to be so obviously like the black From San swan. Francisco. Her right, she has a tattoo down. on her back, which yeah. is like these black wings. Yeah. Um Natalie Portman's character Nina is very childlike doe eyed, like where's pink pale, all the time. Like where's mm-hmm. pink? Um ballerina e and like Lily I did has notice, her hair down. Sorry to interrupt. I did find it interesting. The first scene we see of Natalie Portman walking into rehearsals, she had some wispies, which in the dance world means like your bun isn't totally hairsprayed. Mm-hmm. Like there's some stray pieces. And I thought that was interesting because she would not have wispies. Yeah. Like that version of her at that point would not. So yeah. I just thought that was, again, maybe no one thought of it or mm-hmm. maybe it was like sort of a purposeful right as like she's unraveling already right i don't know anyway no i mean that's a good point hair i think is so important i really i think it again it made a real it really characterized them as so different but 
I think there is no way that they would ever allow. It's just not ballet etiquette to not have your hair in a bun. I know when she's dancing around with her hair yeah, down, like, like flinging it around, not. you can't absolutely spot not. if you have your hair down. It's going to get it's in your gonna, partner's face, right? Absolutely like, not. There's no way. But she's like San Francisco. That's what right. they're trying to depict. Right? She's like cool. She's sexy. She's um, she eats a cheeseburger. Right. Right. And it, it's just again, like to me, it, that's so unbelievable. And but it's all like triggering. Nina, yeah, right, because Lily is the exact opposite of her, and what she needs to be to play the role right. of the Swan Queen. Right. I don't think Lily was real. I think she was a hallucination the whole time. I felt that way. <laughs> I didn't think that back in 2010. No, now I do. I was like kind of mind afford um, in 2010 <laughs> after seeing it and had a lot of questions about that. I think you are 100% right. I don't think like Lily exists at all no, because I, don't I think either. in so many ways, Lily is this like version of Nina mm-hmm. that she needs or wants or that she's trying to access. She, there's so many times when she's she's not really there. Mm-hmm. I think it's like when Nina is not herself, she is Lily. 100%. So like Lily goes out to the bar. I don't think she was ever there, right? No. When they have sex, like that she was masturbating. I right. think, you know, when she sees Lily having sex, sex with, with Tomas, Tomas and then he turns into, you know, the, the swan creature. Yeah. Like again, like not – I don't think any of it's real. I think I you're either. right. I think – I think – and I did that didn't hit me till I was watching this at the end. Um, I remember like back when it came out, the sex scene between them was like, what? that was like, oh, that big draw yeah. to see the movie. You know? But now watching it, I'm like, I think the closer she gets to Lily, that's representing the further she's going into psychosis. Mm-hmm. We see like at the be very early, early on in the in the um, movie when Nina is walking onto the subway, yep. she thinks someone like laughs at her. She sees a weird face. Like we see some of that early on. These like these little ghosts of these, Lily, right? Or or like someone's yep. face that I couldn't tell who it was. If it was Lily or that other girl she was feeling competitive with, that Michelle Trachtenberg looking yeah. girl, and then it always morphs back morphs. into Nina, though. Right? Like, exactly. Right? Yeah. And so oh, it just I thought it. So, like this movie so artistically and beautifully depicted the descent into psychosis with some really classic mm-hmm. things like again those those little things that can happen at first where you have like a small break from reality was it real or was it just in my head oh I don't, okay like i think i hear people laughing at me are they really or are they not and then it just growing and growing right. and growing and growing um, like the the mom's weird paintings, like laughing at her. I started to even wonder about like the scratches on her. Were those real? I think they were. I think she was doing that out of stress, mm-hmm. but not realizing right. she was doing it. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, such an artistic way to, I think, exactly what you just said to kind of show psychosis and like the descent into it. I, I am even kind of remembering which makes which I had talked about before with the mom like mm. I know that they yes I believe that they do authentically have a strange relationship and however yeah. right like then I think it kind of throws me to having all these questions about everything like yeah. is the is the mom really that bad like I don't know like mm-hmm. is all of this just like in delusion now some paranoia yeah and you even see like when Nina shows up late to a rehearsal um, I think after their big night out, maybe, mm-hmm. or their, her, who knows, yeah. big night out. Um, and I wondered even about, like, the ecstasy. Like, 
I don't know if I don't think she was actually on drugs. I think that was the psychosis. Like she was starting to feel disconnected from herself. And she shows up. She thinks she sees Lily like filling in for her. And she runs after Tomas, like really tearful, like really paranoid. She's after me. She's trying to yeah. take my role. Like all of that, she's just unraveling. Um, and at some point, her mom tries to like stop her from performing, right? So at some point, the mom like, I think is trying to help. I know that's where where I was confused. Gets fuzzy, right? Because then mom's in the audience, <laughs> right? <laughs> like panda like, mom. But even like as she's performing, as the swans, like that last half hour of the movie, or however long it is, you just see the full descent, mm-hmm. like in such a beautifully. She becomes the black swan. I mean, it comes out of her skin. Like right. she performs it so amazingly well. Tomas is like giving her such good feedback after initially, right, like the first scene, she has that fall as the white swan. And I think even that more, I think that's real. I think that even catapults her further because the stress, the stress that she's on. Like, it seems like she has this complicated relationship with her mom, this perfect storm of um, like an obsessive neurotic personality with an eating disorder. And then we add on this level of stress, she has a psychotic break. I don't think she's depicting schizophrenia, which... Um, perhaps she goes on to develop, but schizophrenia would involve other things too, mm-hmm. um, like her thought process, her affect, uh, which is, you know, the we think of mood as like your own subjective experience about your emotions and affect being what other people observe on you. There's negative symptoms associated with schizophrenia. She's not displaying any of yeah. that. She's really displaying a first break, which at that age, you don't really know, is this a one-time thing? Is it stress-induced? Is it signs of an underlying bipolar disorder or signs of a schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, but oh my God, it's it's so masterfully depicted. So fun fact, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I rented it. And they give you like kind of a running um, some facts on the side. Like Ooh. if you move the mouse and like who's on screen right now. So they oh. always see the characters. So I really enjoy that sometimes. And they had shared um, that Natalie Portman recommended Mila Kunis for the role. Um, she really wanted her to do it. She felt like she would be a perfect kind she of was. counter um, to her. And then Mila Kunis like I guess didn't even um, – audition like they just kind of talked to her over skype or something and then they gave her the role they thought she was a perfect fit and i know natalie portman said that she did a lot of ballet training Mm -hmm. i think she was a ballerina like as a kid not like professionally um but then there was a body double yep of course because the ballet was amazing like those left-sided fuetes were just like oh my god Mm -hmm. um but oh my gosh i know i feel like we should break down just a little bit before we wrap up the final show yeah (laughs) like yeah. So so prior to that, though, I was curious on your thoughts about why is Nina visiting Beth in the hospital, right? So Beth, like, jumps yeah. in front of a car. Attempts suicide. Um, and yeah. then she's in the hospital. Like, her body is damaged, which I think is just, like, the ultimate, like, ugh, I don't I don't even know, like, trauma on trauma, right? Like, you you try, you had the suicide attempt, and now your body is, like, really damaged. more even incapable of being a, being who you identify as, which is a dancer, which mm-hmm. now that you're not that, that's why she, I'm assuming, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to kind of end her life. Um, and she was feeling rejected for, by Tomas. Yep, and yep. It's terrible. So Nina brings her, um, or gives her back the little items oh, that those, she had stolen yes, from those her. those weird little things she stole. I thought that was interesting. And one of them she, being, like... It looked a letter like, opener, but it, like I'm assuming it was some kind of knife, maybe even for like um, point shoe stuff. Like it was some part of a kit up or something. Yeah. yeah, and then she stops herself. I the think that was all it. a hallucination. I hope it, it builds. building all of this like energy and 
and you're i feel like just the watcher like i'm all Whiplash. over the place yeah, yeah. It, that was also super graphic mm-hmm. um i do think she visited her initially when she brought her flowers and everything i was really uncomfortable when she was picking up the blanket to look at her injuries yeah. i felt like that was really a violation um and I think Nina so wanted to be Beth. Yes. And so maybe it was like seeing her potential future that was like haunting her. Maybe she felt guilty mm-hmm. that now she's the swan queen and then Beth attempts suicide. Maybe she felt guilty. Yeah. Um, and then she did, even before Beth was ousted, you know, there was that scene early in the movie where she like leaves her dressing room angry and Nina goes in and like takes all those trinkets. Yeah. Kind of like a kleptomaniac. You know, I don't know. I was like, are you trying to become her in, like, a, a real, like, s- creepy way? Mm-hmm. Um, I even wonder, and I don't, maybe it doesn't add up in the movie, but, like, did Nina push Beth? Like, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> in front of the car. I mean, it just seems like anything could be part of her psychotic break or not. And I think that's, you know, that's the fun of the movie, <laughs> trying to kind of figure that out. But So she wakes up late. Mom hides the doorknob. You know, she's in her room. Like the she looks at the clock, it's way too late. So she gets ready. She like fights mom. And mom to said, leave. like, I've already called and told yep. them you're not feeling yep. well. Um, which I think again for Nina is like, what the F? Yeah. Like I've lived my whole life trying to be this person you want me to you be. Will, nothing will now stop I'm me. here. Yeah. And now you call me out? Like I still can't be good enough for you, mom. Right? Like it's just ugh. Um so anyway, so she like rushes in, she gets ready. I was really interested in the fact that she did all of her own makeup. Is that true? Yeah. Like- so I I, I <laughs> thought about this while I was watching it. So in like, I guess, traditional ballet production too, you're not doing like, you know, you always try to do like a dramatic face, dramatic eye, like in any, you know, comp dancing, all of that stuff. But I, again, was a little triggered by the makeup because that, you know, I've done that makeup before. You try to make the top of your face really white. So it's Mm -hmm. like reflecting. Mm -hmm. You draw like um, really wide black eyeliner. So like under your eye, all the way out. And then over all the way out. You wing it. Yep. White in between. Yep, yep, Um, yep. And that makeup is so sticky and uncomfortable. And she had to, like, redo her makeup multiple times yeah. throughout the show. And the makeup and the costumes were so amazing yeah. when her eyes turn red as the black swan. But so she starts off as the white swan. Yeah. She has the fall, which is devastating. And then her and Lily have a, the physical altercation. Yes. And she ends up, the like, dressing room. stabbing mm-hmm. her with the glass. Um, also, Lily was trying to take the role. Remember, Lily was yeah. like... Toma had said she was going to yep. do it because Nina was late. Um, again, I don't think Lily's actually real, but um, that all depicts it so well. Yeah. And then she stabs her, drags her into the bathroom and just leaves her there. And you, I thought, like, she really killed her. Yeah, there's blood coming out from under the door. She puts the towel on it. She goes and then performs. As, gets mm-hmm. positive feedback, which I think was very interesting because the whole movie, it's like all she's getting is negative feedback. She's mm-hmm. getting she's not sexy enough from mm-hmm. you know the male partner and from Tomas. Like everyone's jealous of her. But then at the performance, like besides the fall, you hear all of this positive feedback from like her peer, you see, you know, people in the core, um, Tomas. It's really like nice that they some of people are asking her if she's okay after she fell. Yeah. So I'm wondering too. It's like that is that is that doesn't fit right her view her previous view. That's mm-hmm. like everyone's out to get her. You know, everyone's trying to take this role. It's like I wonder again. Like, was that all in her head? There's some com- or com- um, competition, of course. Yeah. But- or was she like? 
unraveling and people are like, oh, my God, are you okay? You know, like Mm. I think she's starting to appear psychotic. Like the way she carried herself was different. She walks up and kisses Tomas after the performance. She dances differently. She like the way they like have her sort of sprout the wings as she's turning. It's like now she's psychotic, right? Like it was just so beautifully depicted. But she was hearing them laughing as they were switching uh, you know, she was in the wings mm-hmm. and the the core was coming off stage and their faces kind of looked off yep. and, and Distorted. like squiggly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was upstage when she should have been downstage. She was confused. You know, I thought they were asking her that not out of, I mean, out of caring, but because she was like appearing more mm-hmm. and more psychotic. Yeah. And then she gets back to her dressing room. There's no blood yeah. coming. There's no body. There's no body. There is the glass, though. There right? is the glass. And she looks and she stabbed herself. And that's when, at least watching it again this time, I was like, oh, Lily was never real. Mm-hmm. She, It's like a depiction of her wrestling with that part of herself. Yeah. And then she's like, carries on, you know, puts on the white swan makeup again, goes and does the beautiful performance at the end, and then quite literally jumps to her death. Right. And at the very end, as she's dying, I think, she says, it was perfect mm-hmm. or I was perfect or something. And I was like... Oh, my God. Just floored. Yep. Just floored. Like, the lengths you go f- to achieve perfection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does drive you, you mad. I feel like at both times that I've watched, I'm always left, like, a little speechless mm-hmm. besides feeling unwell and, like, triggered. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of questions, which it seems like the glass was real on the floor. But, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. obviously, like, if you get stabbed, like, I just don't see you performing, like, but again. Ballet. But right, but also <laughs> she is the person who can sustain True. anorexia for that period of time. The pain, yeah, right. Like she, I don't even think she feels it. Yeah, you know. And they even kind of show that, but where her wound doesn't grow until she's finally done yeah. dancing. Um, God, what a movie! Yeah, I mean, it, I think it touches on so much stuff and so much toxic energy that is in the ballet world. I think it talks about. Um, also said like a psychotic break mm-hmm. mom and daughter relationships um it's predatory just, yep, predatory boss. relationships um touches on so much yeah. and it's so artistically beautiful mm-hmm. um yeah it was a really uh i don't know if i'd say it was a pleasure to watch again because it's yeah. really disturbing um but yeah it's yeah, yeah amazing movie i mean uh, for me i think i didn't quite enjoy dance while I was kind of competitive at that level like Mm. in high school and I think I really started to enjoy dance again when I stepped away like Mm. from the ballet world I mean I think that's not a universal maybe experience but like I think if something like doesn't become fun anymore yeah and it's not fulfilling and it's just like all work and pain yeah I think it's like time to move on to something else and I think it's really hard for dancers um as like that's your identity. It does become such a for big so part many of people. We don't become professionals. I know. Um, it's just, you know, it's just really hard to do that. Did you ever have like guest teachers be like, "Raise your hand if you hope to be a professional dancer someday"? Um, I feel like they were always asking us that, and I always raised my hand. I think it was just like, <laughs> I feel like we were some of my instructors at some places. That was the assumption. Like yeah. I, when we started, I mean, this is kind of like a horrifying thing to share, but when we started Point, 
I think I was probably like 11. Ooh. And oh, my gosh. Your little feet are we still were, developing. We were not allowed to use padding. No. Yeah. So, so if you're not familiar with points, <laughs> so like in the point shoes, actually, same with me. I just started later. But um, you can put like wool yeah, or well, buy these gel pads. Yeah, there's all sorts of but things. all these pads in the the very tip of your shoes, so your f- toes have some padding. But you're right. Same with me now that I'm thinking about it. Um, you weren't allowed to use padding because like that's not what the yeah, professionals they wanted to do. Give you, like a real feel for the shoe and like build up your toe muscles. Your calluses. I remember I used to cut off dead skin yeah. like in between rehearsals. You weren't allowed then, to get a pedicure because you didn't want right. any soft skin. Right. Um, yep. Yep. I, if I would get one, I would say don't remove yeah. the calluses. I would put so I like sneakily brought in cotton balls and put them in in my shoe. It was so painful, so painful. Um, It's the worst. Oh my gosh! It just I think dancing now as an adult and doing like other forms of dance like tap. um, (laughs) I feel like the joy has like returned and it's Mm -hmm. fun and um, it's nice. But I think you know I do I do follow. um, Her name is Isabel Boylston. I think Um, she's a prima ballerina for the american ballet theater um i I like her content i mean i will say like she is a small-bodied ballerina pretty traditional speaking she's an amazing dancer um and you know i'd like to think and hope that the ballet world is making some efforts to be more inclusive and to be like safer for everybody um i i'm not in it anymore i can't speak to that and i know i feel like we we said a lot of like negative bad things about it today which i think that's just the reality but i also i'm like hopeful that there are um Mm -hmm. wonderful companies with wonderful instructors and like Mm -hmm. a and and better pt and like but i think um, it's cutthroat i think it is um and at least the way it's depicted in this movie very cutthroat so i'm just thinking like if you and i experience some of that on like such a local dance Mm -hmm. school level like imagine what it is at like you know the new york city ballet Right. right Wow. So is there anything else we wanted to touch on about no, this, this film? No, I'm glad that it's behind us. <laughs> I feel like we deserve it deserves to be called a film, not a movie. Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad it's behind us. Um, thank you all for tuning in. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe, that would be great. And we will see you next time with Succession. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.